0: It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's January 5th. I'm Kelly Reese. This is your KVMR Friday Evening News magazine. First up, we've got a look at your local news, which includes a 40-year-old Nevada County cold case. We'll take a look at your weekend weather report. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning for the greater Lake Tahoe area. And much of our listening area may be seeing snow tomorrow, so stick around for details on the winter weather rolling in. Then, economist Gary Zimmerman joins Paul Emery for a look back at how the national economy fared in 2023 and what to expect in the new year in the latest economic report. And after the economic report, we stick with the world of finance. The turning of the new year gives many the opportunity to set goals and instill changes in their daily habits. In many cases, these form the identity of resolutions we set for the year ahead. Money Matters host Mark Cuneberti drops by to share his commentary on this time-honored tradition, addressing the potential benefits of financial resolutions. And keep it tuned for the Friday News Magazine's finale with Molly Fisk. She closes our show with an essay that ricochets from Norse mythology to Oxford Languages' 2023 Word of the Year. That's all up ahead. Your Friday News Magazine starts now. We'll begin with your local news roundup. As part of an ongoing series investigating Nevada County cold cases, Nevada County Sheriff's Public Information Officers have produced a new video detailing a 40-year-old cold case. Nearly four decades ago, a young woman was strangled to death and discarded down an embankment near the Independence Trail in Nevada City. A hiker then found her off of Highway 49 near the South Yuba Bridge. Since that time, this woman's identity has remained a mystery. The Sheriff's Office hopes to identify the Jane Doe and find her murderer. You can watch the cold case video which shares insights into the victim's life at the Nevada County Sheriff's Office YouTube channel. There you'll find additional information on what to do if you have details concerning the cold case. If a Christmas tree has taken up residence in your home and the prospect of its proper removal is just another overwhelming task to deal with in the new year, know that Nevada County residents have options. First things first, ensure all decorations, lights, and flocking, aka that artificial snow or frosting, are off the tree. Then cut the tree up and place small sections in a green bin, just be sure that lid fully closes. Option two, through February 4th, trees can be disposed of at the Rood Center in Nevada City. Place them in the drop box at the Cement Hill entrance. You can also take trees to the McCourtney Road Transfer Station off of Wolf Mountain Road in Grass Valley and you have until January 14th to dispose of trees by taking them to the Lake Wildwood Wastewater Treatment Plant in Penn Valley or the Alta Sierra Fire Department on Tammy Way in Grass Valley. You can get more details about Christmas tree disposal by visiting nevadacounty.wm.com. Temperatures are set to dip as storms roll in this weekend, causing Nevada County to open emergency warming shelters in both western and eastern parts of the county. Here's KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza with more.
1: The National Weather Service is predicting cold weather this weekend, and in response, Nevada County will open two emergency warming shelters. Here on the west side, a shelter will open at 4.30 beginning Saturday night in Nevada City in the lower level of the Veterans Hall that's at 415 North Pine Street, and on the eastern side of the county, the shelter will be open at 6 p.m. at its new location at the Joseph Government Center, that's at 10075 Levon Avenue in Truckee. The shelter in Nevada City is a collaboration between the county and Sierra Roots, and the one in Truckee is operating with support from North Tahoe Truckee Homeless Services, Placer County, Tahoe Forest Hospital, and the town of Truckee itself. If you or someone you know is experiencing a housing crisis, you can dial 211 or call 1-844-319-4119 for help with food, shelter, or other health care needs. You can also call Nevada County's home team at 530-470-2686.
0: Now let's take a closer look at your weekend forecast from the National Weather Service. A cold weather system from the Gulf of Alaska moves in Saturday with widespread light valley rain, heavy mountain snow, and hazardous travel impacts. Drier weather returns Sunday and Monday, but prepare for unsettled weather conditions midweek. For those in Nevada City and Grass Valley, tonight increasing clouds with a low around 33 degrees. Saturday, showers with thunderstorms possible after 1 p.m. and a high near 41. There's a 100% chance of precipitation and it'll be windy too, with gusts as high as 23 miles per hour. Expect patchy fog after noon. Saturday night, we'll see rain and snow showers begin before 10 p.m. Some thunder is also possible. New snow accumulation of less than half an inch and a low around 23 degrees. Sunday, widespread frost before noon, otherwise sunny with a high near 43. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 26 degrees. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight increasing clouds with a low around 17 degrees. Saturday, snow mainly after 11 a.m. with a high near 31. The snow could be heavy at times, breezy with gusts as high as 40 miles per hour. New snow accumulation of 8 to 12 inches is possible. Saturday night will see snow mainly before 11 p.m. New snow accumulation of 3 to 5 inches with a low around 6 degrees. Sunday, sunny with a high near 26. Sunday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 7 degrees. The National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning for the greater Lake Tahoe area in effect from 7 a.m. on Saturday to 4 a.m. Sunday. Prepare for heavy snow with 10 to 20 inches of snow accumulation for those above 7,000 feet. The most snow will fall west of Highway 89. Winds will gust as high as 50 mph in lower elevations and 80 to 100 mph over Sierra Ridges. Lake Tahoe will experience 2 to 5 foot waves. These strong winds have the potential to damage trees and power lines. Beware of travel impacts, which could make driving very difficult to impossible. If you must travel, carry chains, keep an extra flashlight, food, and water in your car. Be prepared for long travel delays and keep track of what periods will have heavy snow and whiteout conditions. You can check this with Caltrans in California and NDOT in Nevada. For Sacramento and the surrounding valley, tonight increasing clouds with a low around 38 degrees. Saturday, patchy fog after 1 p.m. with a high near 50. Showers mainly before 4 p.m. A 90% chance of precipitation with windy conditions. Gusts could be as high as 22 miles per hour. Saturday night will have a 40% chance of showers before 10 p.m. Otherwise, it'll be mostly cloudy with a low around 34 degrees. Sunday, areas of frost before 10 p.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 51. Sunday will be mostly clear with a low around 32 degrees. And for Placerville and Angels Camp, tonight, increasing clouds with a low around 35 degrees. Saturday, patchy fog after 1 p.m. with a high near 45. Showers with possible thunderstorms after 4 p.m. Saturday sees a 100% chance of precipitation. Saturday night will have rain showers before 10 p.m., then a slight chance of rain and snow showers between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. Some thunder is also possible. A low around 26 degrees, with little to no snow accumulation expected. Sunday, widespread frost mainly before 10 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 45. Sunday night, widespread frost mainly after 7 p.m., otherwise, a low around 27 degrees. You're listening to the evening news on KVMR. Up next, economist Gary Zimmerman joins Paul Emery for a look back at how the national economy fared in 2023 and what to expect in the new year in this latest edition of The Economic Report.
2: Well, Gary, it's a new year, 2024. My goodness. Let's start with how how you would describe how well the national economy performed in 2023 and then move on to what you expect the economy to do in
3: 2024. Okay. Well, Paul, I think there is a lot of evidence and data that indicated that, you know, 2023 turned out to be a much better year than most economists and forecasters were expecting a year ago. So good place to start.
2: Well, Gary, if I remember correctly, a lot of economic forecast a year ago for 2023 had the economy falling into a recession. Uh, what happened uh, why was why was everybody so pessimistic last year
3: well you you called that one right paul <laughs> um there was a lot of concern that the fed's interest rate increases designed to slow the economy and bring down inflation would overdo it and, and lead to a recession and that wasn't an unreasonable perspective a year ago um, when you add in also the uncertainty or risks about Wars energy prices a catastrophic financial crisis if the Congress couldn't get its act together and force the U.S treasury to default on trillions in national debt you know and then and you had the risks caused by a potential government shutdown. So there were lots of reasons, you know, including you know global slowdowns as well that you know central banks don't have any control over. So um, there are lots of reasons a year ago to expect that the economy could. Uh, fall into a recession in 2023. And, you know, central banks typically are not able to slow inflation spikes like we saw following COVID and the supply chain issues, you know, without causing a recession. So you know, it was not unreasonable.
2: Well, Gary, some leading e- economic indicators also were pointing towards a recession last year. And many, if not most, economists were skeptical about the ability of the economy to make a quote, soft landing in 2023. What do you think of that?
3: Well, yeah, Paul, several important economic indicators that typically show the likely onset of recession, like downturns in the stock market, a a yield curve that's, you know... um downward sloping uh many higher inter- short term interest rates are higher um typically do lead to a period where the economy is actually shrinking or producing less than it did in the prior year and that's bad news for everybody it means fewer jobs higher rates of unemployment um, less income and you know it shows up as GDP growth uh, for the economy turning negative, whereas the economy actually shrinks. You know, in comparison to that, over the long run or long term, you know, the GDP averages close to two percent growth a year. So, you know, that's a big difference. So there, there were reasons to be skeptical.
2: Okay, Gary. So. What do you think uh, happened in 2023 that explains why, at least so far, we're seeing a soft landing for the economy for this year?
3: What happened? Well... I think the Federal Reserve obviously raised short-term interest rates from near zero in 2022 to over five and a quarter percent by March of 2023 uh, to slow economic growth um, and to lower the inflation rate. You know, and and you know that was an action then that in the past usually led to a recession. So, you know, the in 2023 the Fed moved the economy a long way with this policy towards a soft landing with with no recession.
2: Gary, will those factors help the economy moving forward into our new year 2024
3: yes I think so the labor markets you know which remained very robust in 2023 uh, you know will uh, you know continue to help um, they've sort of returned to more normal after covid and the supply shortages and rising prices and the sharp spike in inflation you know that reached around peak of around 9% a year um and that you know that reduced the purchasing power for all of us um, the good news in 2023 was that, you know, new payroll jobs continued to increase at a rapid pace throughout the year. Um, new jobs were, and we'll, and we'll get a new number this week that probably is expected to be a, a, a sizable increase in jobs as well um, for, for December. But um, the new jobs were added as, you know, people returned to work and um, employers filled jobs positions that were open and you know and that drove the unemployment rate to or below full employment in 2023 and so with jobs and income consumers overall had money to spend despite the inflation and they continued to buy both goods and services and and overall you know wages began to keep up with the spike in inflation so consumers generally had money to spend on both services and goods government spending was also generally helping the economy expand as well you know despite the, the threats of a default on the national debt and you know creating a, a government shutdown you know both of them that could have severe disruptions to financial markets and the economy so You know, lots of things happened there. And for the most part, they turned out okay.
2: So, Gary, will the strong job market and slowing inflation help the economy moving forward into our
3: new year, 2024? Well, I sure hope so, Paul. Um, You know, I think most important. Uh, is that the overall national inflation numbers have come down substantially from their 2022 peaks of around 9%, and I would say um, they probably have come down more than the Federal Reserve expected at this time, you know, closer to around 3% inflation. Um, and lower inflation should allow the Fed to shift monetary policy from holding short-term interest rates above, you know, five and a quarter to beginning to lower them in 2024. Now, the question, of course, that remains is, you know, how much they might lower them and when they might lower them. Uh, But uh, those lower interest rates will certainly help the economy in 2024.
2: Okay, Gary. So you think the Fed has really engineered a, quote, soft landing for the economy and will continue to see the economy expand this year? and we will avoid a recession in 2024. That's a lot of questions right there.
3: (laughs) Well, there's still many risks facing the economy. Um, you know, things that are sort of out of the hands of policymakers at the Fed and, you know, including wars, energy prices, global economic growth slowing down, um, you know, and then the, the the threats of government shutdowns and, you know, continued threat of, you know, maybe a default on U.S. Treasury debt. You know, all, all of those things are still out there. Um, you know, still, you know, we, we've got um, an economy that labor markets and, you know, are strong and wages are supporting growth and spending. You know, so that should help. 2024 be another positive year. Um, the holiday season looked like it was a good one, so that should also help. Um, and, you know, if we look at a summary of forecasts like the National Association of Business Economic Survey of Economic Forecasts, you know that you know, the majority of whom were predicting a, a recession in, in 2023, about three quarters of their 50 so odd. odd participants, you know, are now expecting a soft landing and no recession in 2024. So, you know, inflation has fallen faster than most expected. That's very good news. Um, labor markets remain strong. You know, those are reducing the likelihood of a recession. And, you know, but, you know, still remember that the inflation still needs to fall closer to the Fed's 2% inflation goal and and stay there for a while. Um, and the Fed's going to want to take some time to see you know, if that is actually happening, you know, before they start making major changes
1: in policy.
2: Okay, Gary, lots of information today. Thank you so
3: much.
1: Okay, thank you, Paul. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and is currently a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria. He teaches courses in economics and finance.
0: The turning of the new year gives many the opportunity to set goals and instill changes in their daily habits. In many cases, these form the identity of resolutions we set for the year ahead. Money Matters host Mark is here to share his commentary on this time-honored tradition, addressing the potential benefits of financial resolutions. That's up ahead.
4: Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. My name's Mark Cunaberdi and Happy New Year to you. And with every new year comes the proverbial resolution for many. Whether the resolution encompasses quitting a bad habit, tightening one's financial purse strings, or looking to tighten one's waist belt, we have all sworn at some point or another, on the 1st of January, that vaulted day, that we would either say goodbye or say hello to a change in our behavior. I've made a few resolutions over my 60 years or so of my coherent. In existence, but truth be told, I'm not real big on New Year's resolutions. Not that resolutions are a bad thing, far from it. The turning of a new year can be a stepping stone for some for a positive change in one's life. For me, however, I'm the kind of person that once I make up my mind to make a change, that a change is in order, I don't wait for January 1st, I just kind of do it. I think it's the way my brain works. If I make a New Year's resolution, for example, and then break it, I spiral into a deep self-loathing of sorts. In some way, however, if I break a promise made on some arbitrary date like April 12th or May 14th or whatever, it doesn't hurt so bad. But that's just me that should tell you a little bit about myself, of course, mainly that I, like many of you, can break self-promises like New Year's resolutions on occasion. And when I do, that guilty feeling slowly creeps into one's head, which is no point You know, for nobody, I know, that was bad grammar, but it sounded kind of good. Anyway, that said, for many, New Year's resolutions can go a long way in making positive changes in one's life and, if adhered to, can really make a difference, whatever the endeavor. Weight loss might allow one to have a longer and healthier life, a more comfortable existence, and possibly save on some medical bills. Quitting a bad habit like smoking or excessive drinking, obviously, has many benefits both for the participant and perhaps even for his friends or family. Many resolutions, however, can revolve around a financial change of some sort. And these types of resolutions can have many positive changes for the individual as well as their family, if they have one. Usually money problems involve spending too much, not really being aware of where the spending is going, or not having enough money in the first place. Derivations around this area might include wanting to find new ways to make more money, whether it be working longer hours or working more efficiently, or even getting a new job or starting a new business. Whereas a resolution like losing some weight has the direct benefit of looking better and being healthier, improving one's finances can have multiple benefits, since a financial goal usually involves about making more or spending less or even saving a little more or starting a retirement account, adhering to a resolution that involves money, can better a person's life in many ways. If financial improvements are successful, it can improve one's self esteem, it can allow more time to be spent doing things one enjoys such as such as traveling or hobbies maybe spending more time with loved ones or something as simplistic as even being able to buy more stuff in certain cases however accomplishing a financial goal could even mean just putting food on the table or maybe putting more food on the table since the number one cause of marriage problems centers around finances and with the recent inflation biting into our finances even more, addressing financial challenges can save marriages and no doubt one could even go so far as to say save lives. My wife and I, upon receiving a $750 dollars PGE bill months ago, staunchly made and kept to a kilowatt program to reduce our power consumption, successfully reducing our costs by about 20%, We not only saved money, we helped save something far more grandiose, our planet. And doing that, no doubt improved, albeit in a small way, the health of those we share the planet with. Now that's a resolution we could easily all get behind. In conclusion, the turning of the new year can give us new hope, a new outlook, and a reason to assess where we are and where we want to go. If the turning of the year gives some people a reason to make a change and helps them stick to it, all the better. My name's Mark Cunaberti, and I'm wishing a happy new year to all of you. And that does it for today's Money Matters. And remember, this newscast expresses my opinion only and may not represent the opinions of this media outlet, its staff members, or underwriters, but probably does. I hold a BA in economics with honors, 1979, in California insurance license, OL34249, and was voted best financial advisor in Nevada County in the year 2021. Our website is moneymanagementradio.com, our way of saying thank you for listening to your community radio station Everything is free over there, of course, and I'm a Medicare agent approved in the state of California. My name's Mark Cunaberti. Thanks for listening.
0: And now, Molly Fisk.
3: Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet.
5: Yesterday, I woke up full of sadness for no apparent reason, and today I woke thinking about the word adept. I rarely remember dreaming, so waking with a thought feels like a little surprise every morning. What is adept doing in my brain? It's not a word I use much, though I could start. Is one of the nine muses up in Valhalla with a dictionary dropping seldom-used words down upon us as we rest? I'm mixing my references terribly here, as the muses are from Greek mythology who lived on Mount Olympus, while Valhalla is not a heaven per se, but a huge Scandinavian hall, kind of like those function rooms in East Coast restaurants, only bigger, where slain Vikings retire to wait for Ragnarok. Ragnarok is complicated folklore that includes the whole world burning and then being submerged underwater. Apocalyptic and prescient, you might say, but I digress. Adept comes from the Latin adipissae, to obtain or attain. From there it moved to achieving in the mid-17th century, still in Latin, and then somehow emerged in its current form, meaning very skilled or proficient at something. So an evolution from actually accomplishing things to being good at accomplishing them that is, from action to characterization. I have a feeling this might be the road to Ragnarok. In any case, etymologists are adept at not giving you the whole story. Who decided on these shifts of meaning and how long did they take? I'm sure people resisted change, just as I will probably not be using riz anytime soon, this year's Oxford University Press Word of the Year. Riz is derived from charisma, It's not slang for the past participle of risen, as in, I have risen from the sofa to let the cat in, which I've actually said before. The article I read was fascinating, how the word moved from street speech to different branches of social media, and then was doomed to uncoolness when a corporation used it, in this case, Tinder. I'm a little confused by Tinder, although I do realize that swiping left is the sexual equivalent of not making it into Valhalla when you die in battle. I hope you're following all this closely, because there will be a test. Not every writer thinks like this, the brain bouncing around in a pinball machine of language and association, but many of us do. Ricochet and coincidence are our stock in trade. I spent years teaching sixth graders to create surreal juxtaposition by folding pieces of paper, making lists, and then opening the page to write of down the fold. This led to phrases like the green armchair of planetary neglect and his two hot dogs of dangerous laughter, which I then made them use in a poem. The sadness I felt yesterday morning might be due to starting a new year and wondering what the heck I've done with the previous 67. It's weird how these universal questions come up again and again. Who am I? What have I done? What does it really matter? What should I be doing now? Will I be able to cope with what's coming next? I'm adept at many things. I can only hope some of them will come in handy.
0: That's our newscast for this Friday, January 5th. Listen to anything you may have missed on our website, kvmr.org, and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Pioneer Community Energy, reminding listeners that locally-owned, not-for-profit Pioneer provides a choice in electricity providers to our community members in Grass Valley and Nevada City. More information at pioneercommunityenergy.org And the Hot Tub Store by Sierra Timberline, newly expanded showroom continuing to offer energy-efficient, therapeutic hot tubs for Foothills lifestyle. Open seven days a week in the home center. 342 Idaho, Maryland Road, Grass Valley, sierratimberline.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonza. Thanks for tuning in to your Friday News Magazine. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.